Welcome back, and here we go for another episode of FileMaker Talk. There we go. Oh, I'm missing my buddy Matt Navarre. This is Matt Petrowski bringing you this episode of FileMaker Talk. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking with Martha Zink. And in particular, we're talking about the future of FileMaker. So one thing I want to give you as a preface before we head into my discussion with Martha is that in this podcast, there is some speculation that's going to be going on, and I want to confirm or tell you that I do not have any hard and fast facts about what Claris, formerly FileMaker, is going to be doing with the FileMaker platform. All I know is what I saw and what I've referenced. I do in the podcast make a disclaimer that I do have access to early releases, but there is nothing in those early releases that is anything close to what we're talking about here in the future of FileMaker. Now, there are two episodes that you can find on YouTube if you are interested. And my suggestion, as you'll find when I'm talking with Martha, is that you simply just go straight for the DevCon Day 2. So if you are interested in those episodes, they are on YouTube, and rather than having you go out and hunt and peck for them and try to find them, I have some URLs that are pretty easy for you to remember. Here is the base URL. It is fmgo.to. So it's going to be HTTP fmgo, that's fmgo.to, and then you get to pick between one of these two items after the slash. So it's fmgo.to slash devcon2019. That's D-E-V-C-O-N 2019 with a dash and then either day one or day two. And my suggestion is that you go for devcon dash day two two and then you're going to be able to start right about the point of about 28 minutes and 17 seconds in that's right about when rick kalman is going to introduce robert holsey and they're going to give the very small amount of information they gave about the future of filemaker but of course if you've got the time, please watch the full video in order to get a sense and have your own impressions and takeaways beyond what you listen here, uh, listen to here in the podcast. So without further ado, let me introduce Martha and let's get into the content. All right, so I'd like to welcome to the show today a very uh, prolific person in the world of FileMaker, somebody that you have more than likely seen and heard, Martha Zink. Welcome to the show, Martha. Thanks for having me, Matt. Hello, hello. So uh, our topic today is, um, actually, I spoke with Martha at DevCon, and DevCon was a very interesting uh thing for a lot of people, I think, especially if you're listening to this and you attended DevCon, or if you've seen the video online, which I will reference. But DevCon uh, left a lot of people with some impressions. And uh, from what I gathered, I talked to a bunch of people, and one of those people was Martha. And I respect her opinion and wanted to talk about the future of FileMaker. So your takeaway. I'm just going to ask you, like, what was your takeaway? And then I'll give a little bit of mine, and then we can uh, compare, contrast, and debate. 
All right, fair enough. Uh, it was it was a big hum moment. It was a lot of just like, oh, this is this is happening. That's kind of what it felt like. Um, I think it was exciting, and I think it was uh, different. The energy was different. The way that they announced the name change to from FileMaker to Claris was um, was really well done, and and they made a point of promoting it appropriately through the whole conference. Um, but I think my takeaway is that change is happening. Uh, we don't have a choice, and I think that it's probably the right thing to happen at this time. Um, and I think that they're really they're they're all in, and I think that's the most exciting part of it all is that they're just they're going to do what they're going to do. And I think it's um, I think it's an exciting path that we've got in front of us here. Okay, so for the uninitiated, for anybody who's listening who has no idea what the quote unquote change is, what was your what was your impression of what they were suggesting the change is? I, I mean, think to uh, the platform. I think yeah, so I think the platform's growing, and I think that what used to be a FileMaker-centric, FileMaker Pro Advanced and FileMaker Server, where the platform was, you know, those two as the starting point, and you had FileMaker Go and FileMaker WebDirect as these tools to access data. Um, I think they're making the environment bigger and better, and they're trying to bring in... I think there's an awareness that FileMaker can't do it all, right? FileMaker, the software, can't do it all. And so they're trying to bring in new technology, and um, instead of reinventing the wheel, they're just borrowing those wheels and interacting with those other wheels out there. Uh, and so I think, um, you know, bringing on something, you know, the name change is, is big in that they're they're moving away from that FileMaker-centric thing, right, from FileMaker to Claris. But on top of that, um, bringing in Claris Connect, uh, you know, previously Stamplay, where, where now you'll be able to integrate with other um, other technologies, hopefully, you know, hopefully pretty easily. That's where the biggest change is, I think. Okay, so um, I'll clarify for those that don't know or don't didn't haven't uh, gone and watched the uh, video. By the way, uh, the video of both sessions, in fact, FileMaker did three sessions, if I believe. Um, they did an opening session, which was sort of an on one day, which was an overview. Then they did a second session on the next day, which was here's our technical overview, actually giving some specifics. Then on the third day, they did a, um, what do they call that, uh, where they have the people sit in the chairs and they ask the, a question, a round table the or something? Fireside, like the fireside chat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so we more or less had three days. But after the first day, I think a lot of people were left like, huh, where's FileMaker? So we'll, we'll get into that and we'll clarify that. But the, um, the second day, this video is available on YouTube, uh, uh, Claris they released the videos. You can watch the first one, the second one, and the third, but I would suggest just going straight for the technical. The second video, or the, the video of the second day, and then also the third day, the fireside, which is pretty good, because that's the only place where you get a glimpse of what is in the future for FileMaker. The first day, uh, my impression was it was a lot of hoo-ha, look, hey, we're Claris now. Which makes sense because they, I mean, obviously they're following in the footsteps of a lot of people that make a lot of money. Uh, if this, then that, uh, Zapier, um, any of these other technologies. So Apple spends a little bit of money. They pick up Stamplay, which is, uh, I wouldn't call it a me too, because of co uh, according to Claris's positioning, uh, when you contrast it to either If This Then That and Zapier, they have, I believe, more functionality. I haven't personally used it myself, but was that what you received as well? Yeah, that that seemed like it, yeah. And so I think for FileMaker users in particular, we need to clarify that Stamplay, first and foremost, was a technology developed outside of FileMaker. 
It's an API technology, and it requires you to use technology within FileMaker that doesn't make it any easier than if you were already going to use something else like Zapier. Is that your takeaway, or do you think that they're going to add in something that makes it even easier than using the insert from URL and having to use curl? I think I think there's going to be something. I mean, I don't think that it's going to be drag and drop and easy. You know, it's not a there's there's some training or some technical knowledge that's going to be needed for sure. I think that it's not going. You know, there there has to be some level of integration that's happening here. Um, I think that the it's just making it more accessible and and readily available for someone to start doing those integrations. Gotcha, and that that will be interesting if they do that. I'll be really interested to see. Um, if say, for example, they make and put in the easiest thing that I can think of is they would add in functions where you just make a call to that function, then it attempts to uh, solve all of the rest of the things for you, which may be authentication, uh, generating your authentication tokens that you put into the headers of, um, curl calls or the HTTP calls. But I mean, I, I was just left with, let's, let's talk about the, the first day. So the first day. When they released, there was they were first attempting to address, uh, hey, we're Claris now, and we're going to be doing more things than just FileMaker. But they didn't spend any time talking about FileMaker. So after the first day, some of the other people that I talked to at the conference, did you get or have any type of uh, feeling of, whoa, wait, are you just abandoning the platform? And what are you uh, wanting to do with what you have right now, FileMaker? Can you say that last part? Sorry, my I think my connection got a little slow. Oh, I was just wondering, um, on the first day, without having had them talk in much of anything about FileMaker, which they did in the second day, did you get a sense of, okay, great, we understand that you've renamed, you're rebranding, but what are you, going, what are you doing with the platform? Because they really didn't mention a whole lot about FileMaker in the first day. Yeah, yeah, I think that was, that was probably the scariest part, for sure. I think that not seeing a lot about FileMaker... Uh, makes you wonder what's going to happen to it. And I think that's where a lot of the concern came from, from fellow developers. Um, but I, I get it, right? You also want to, you know, they're trying to build up for that second day for that technical presentation they had where they showed us some of that future stuff that's coming. I think that it's just a, they want to make sure that the new stuff feels as exciting and as focused as it they're making it to be and as much as they want it to be. Uh, so, so I mean, it, I think it was a risk to do it that way. You know, you're, you're, hopefully, not too many people felt like they were abandoning FileMaker, um, so much as just being really excited about this new part of 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 Claris. Yeah, I mean, my my personal after, I, I think it took me until about a week after, where I sort of had to wrap my head around, okay. They're not abandoning FileMaker, but they're definitely wanting to expand because, like any company, they want to grow. And in order to grow, they can't just rely on just their one product, and that's it. And so, hence the acquisition, uh, you know, and spinning off other products, which it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. So that that helped me with the a sense of feeling, okay, FileMaker is not going to be left in the dust. So let's transition to the second day where they showed some of the new technology, which I haven't heard too much uh, talk about. There's going to be some speculation in this, but we can tell you uh, everything that they did show in the video that's also available on YouTube of this second day at the conference. What was your takeaway in terms of 
the actual technical de uh, direction of what they showed in FileMaker. I think that um, that second that second day, the technical presentation was it felt a little bit more like what I'm used to at DevCon, where I got you know some preview of what was going on, you know what they're doing. FileMaker became more you know more part of the conversation there, um, though still minimal all around, right? We didn't spend a lot of time in FileMaker of any sort, Pro or Go or anything like that, uh, other than you know just some quick mentions about things. I think, um, but I. I think what what that felt like the most actionable thing. So just like you said, day one was a little bit of you know the hoopla around the marketing behind it, and day two was here's what here's what we're offering or here's what we have and 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 check out what we're actually working toward, and you know they showed some stuff that uh, that could be portrayed as you know super easy to do drag and drop you know just you know create a, a workflow and things will just happen, um, but it, I think that. We do that every day when we show our, our FileMaker solutions, right? You click a bunch of buttons and things happen, right? Now there's a lot of work that goes behind that. But I think I think it was a good intro into getting our brains thinking about all the things that are out there already and how, how FileMaker can be part of that larger ecosystem. So was there any specific technologies that you sort of identified that uh, that you liked that they showed? I think you know Salesforce came up there a couple of times. Um, I know that at Salient we've got a you know a number of projects that that do some integrations there, so that caught my attention. Uh, Mailchimp was came up, and you know mail integration is a is a common request. Uh, you know people wanting to send stuff out in bulk or you know pull in some data. So I think I think those were the two that caught my my attention quickly. What about you? Well, it's funny you mentioned uh, Salesforce. Um, I'd say that on a, on average, I probably talked to about 15 to 20 people of the, the developers that I know, specifically talking about what our feelings were, and that was after the first day and then after the second day. And um, I think it, FileMaker, in their rush to, well, I should call them Claris now, Claris in their rush to uh, get the word out and to get everybody psyched and ha happy about the fact that they're going to become Claris, they're doing their line extension where they're going to do more than just the actual FileMaker platform product. They're going to try to grow the company as a whole. They missed the mark that most everybody there at a quote-unquote FileMaker conference is not, not there to see Salesforce. And out of those 20 people that I talked to, I kid you not, probably 80% of them made a remark about well, geez, they really did seem to show a lot of Salesforce because it was on almost, it was on every single <laughs> integration slide that they showed. Yet FileMaker, their right. own product, was not. <laughs> huh? So yeah, thought, yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny that that somebody missed the fact that these people are here for your product, not for Salesforce. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think that they were, in a lot of ways, they were catering to the future and the people who have. Uh, who aren't there for the same FileMaker that we were there for five years ago, right? Or even 10 years ago. I think that they're, they're really trying to change the energy of, of what these presentations are about. What, you know, it's not even going to be called DevCon moving forward. Um, I think that they're really trying to revamp what we, what, what we're going to get excited about when we go to the conference. Exactly. So here's here. I'll let's go into the, some of the specifics of what they did show since it is on YouTube. Um, Integration obviously is something that is really going to be uh, an item that we can leverage. And so since they were showing that they acquired Stamplay, it's going to be called Claris Connect. Claris Connect 
um, is uh, sticking its fingers out into all other APIs of any other third-party services, whether whatever is exposed, uh, MailChimp, Zapier, etc. Whether or not you will have easy hooks directly within FileMaker remains to be seen in whatever the next version is. Otherwise, the current method of how you'll access any of uh, what you find in Claris Connect is exactly what you have right now. It'll likely be through insert from URL, and you'll be using curl calls in order to make that interaction. In fact, I don't know too many technologies that don't use curl as the fundamental bridge in order to communicate via HTTP. The next technical thing that they showed was um, bidirectional JavaScript. So they showed that what's coming up is the ability for the web viewer or to be able to talk back into the web viewer by being able to uh, call a JavaScript function. That is an extension, and I'd love to get your feedback of what FileMaker can do, and I'd love to get your input about that particular uh, enhancement. I think that the, the JavaScript focus has been big for a while now, and I think that the fact that they're acknowledging it in the way that they are and promoting it, I think is... It's following the crowd. I mean, I, I think not that they're not leading that, but I think that everyone's in you're coexisting on the same topic, which is really, really exciting stuff. Yeah, I mean, my my takeaway that for me is one of actually one of the smartest moves that they're going to make. Um, reason I say that is FileMaker has always been sort of a hey, we need that too. They add something in, and then it really doesn't continue to get maintained. I'll, I'll use charting as an example. So FileMaker will put charts into their uh, program, but then it sort of gets abandoned a little bit and goes by the wayside because they're then working on whatever the next technology is. But in this regard, what's really nice is JavaScript, because it's built into the web framework, is just this whole host of an extreme amount of leverage that mm -hmm. they now get to take advantage of. In fact, I wouldn't even care if they removed their own charting from FileMaker and said, okay, we're going to deprecate charting and it's not going to be here in three years. So please start your process right now because there's no way in heck that we can keep up with 100,000 other developers working on charting solutions and it's right there in JavaScript. So just yeah. use that. Yeah, that's a really good a really good point. I think and and I think charting is the perfect example for that. Um, I think as a developer myself, I've had to I've had to learn this lesson that FileMaker, you know, my 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 pitch to anybody is FileMaker can do anything, and and I think that's pretty accurate still. Uh, but there are certain things that other things just do better, and you know we should use those things because there's you know people are, are spending their time and and efforts making the, you know that specific functionality so strong. And so, so yeah, you know, I don't often recommend FileMaker charting, right? Unless it's super basic. But yeah, if I could, you know, always depend on something else and, and go to a standard there, I, I would love that too. Uh, and I love the freedom of being able to do that already and, and how much they're focusing on that for the future. I, that, I'm so looking forward to that because it's, um, it's absolutely wonderful. I don't know if it was uh, spurred on by, are you familiar with Todd Geist's um, FM web viewer bridge? Yep. So, uh, for those of you that don't know, listening to the podcast, um, JavaScript capability has always been sort of a, you could do things bi-directionally, but you had limitations on Windows, for example, the amount of data that you could get back. Um, it was sort of clunky in that the web viewer will always flash or will refresh because of how uh, sessions work within the web viewer. But there was a function within the world of JavaScript that was found 
called on hash change. And that on hash change just meant that the whole of an HTML document, if something changed within that HTML document, then you could trigger a script based on the hash of the whole of that document. So it requires a specific implementation in FileMaker where the file is actually external, typically in the temp directory. But Todd Geis created a framework and put that on GitHub wherein you could do things within a web viewer where the web viewer no longer flashed. It didn't reload the web viewer and you didn't get that flashing or that uh, session reinitiation. So I'm presuming this is what FileMaker is going to be putting in, something where it makes it so that if you integrate a web viewer, it looks like just a natural part of your FileMaker layout. You blend the background, and then you've got whatever you want. Anything that JavaScript can do is right there in the web viewer. And that that's that makes me excited when it comes to FileMaker and in terms of what you can do. It's just absolutely awesome. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's, you know, I think it's it's exciting and scary at the same time. You know, it means that there's a lot of um, onus on us to learn a lot more. Uh, but but quite, quite frankly, I think that's the world we live in and what we get excited about, right? That's what makes FileMaker developers often so good at what they do is the excitement behind trying a new thing and and figuring it out and and expanding what we can do for, for users. And so this seems like such a natural extension to to open it up to something so much bigger that's out there and I mean, it changes our resources a little bit, right? But so much documentation out there, so many options. Um, it might be a, a little bit of data overload, but definitely, definitely the right the right way to go. So, have you yourself um, spent a, enough time where you're comfortable with JavaScript? And do you have any tips for anybody if uh, if you have? You know what? I haven't spent I don't I haven't spent enough time to to claim it at the moment. Honestly, um, I know at, at Saline we've got. That you know, we created Carafe, um, and they put a lot of effort into that. So I've been pretty dependent on on a lot of the people on that team to help with the JavaScript. Um, a lot of times, when it comes to you know my clients needing things and integrations through you know where we're using web viewers for stuff, um, I reach out to other members. But it's been it's been cool to see the the what comes out of that and and how well it works for for my clients. You know, when you can in, in, even just you know Google Maps or Google Calendar, um, some charting functionality out there. Um, so, so my advice would be to find a good resource who's really good at it if you're not ready to learn it. Um, but I think that, you know, there's a lot of, there, there are a lot of people in the community, Todd Geist, um, you know, Salon Consulting too, uh, doing a lot of work around, around this JavaScript and trying to make it more accessible to, to people who are more traditionally, uh, FileMaker developers first. Yeah, actually at the conference, I spoke with Jeremiah who created, uh, Carafe, I believe with someone else, uh, I forget the other gentleman's name. But, yeah, um, it was Jesse. Okay. What's his last name? Uh, LeVere. Jesse. Jesse LeVere. So yeah, those guys did a bang-up job in terms of uh, providing resources that help you. Um, I can, I, I've, for myself, I've worked with other languages such that I wasn't, when I started learning JavaScript, I had already at that time known enough that it really wasn't that intimidating. But I can say for most people, if you're a FileMaker developer and you haven't um, worked with JavaScript, the number one thing to remember is you don't have to be a JavaScript master in order to use it. It's just like you don't have to be the manufacturer of a bucket in order to actually go get water. You just have to know, hey, here's how I need to carry it. So the yeah. same thing applies in the world of JavaScript. If there is a library, you don't have to understand fully everything about that library and how it works. What you have to know is just enough of how do I get this library integrated 
And then how do I call it to tell it what to do? And it's basically just passing the functions back and forth. And yeah. That's what and we'll have. There's so many resources out there, you know, especially if you pick some of the bigger players in the world, right? I'll just use Google again as the example. There's so many examples out there. You can do so much in the, the, a lot of the, the development world is based on a lot of copying from each other, right? And so being able to to copy something, get it to work, and then tweak it from there. I mean, that that's where I get kind of nerd out on that stuff, right? When 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 Jeremiah and Jesse have created something, um, they recently did an integration for me with uh, with Mapbox to get some some maps uh, functionality a client needed. And it was pretty cool to go in there and just look at the JavaScript. And it, you know, it feels a little bit like the matrix. But then when you see that one line of code, right, where you see your data in there, you're like, that's the one. That's where I need to modify things. Um, and it's it's fun to see it. You know, it, it's kind of like being a reborn developer in a lot of ways. Well, it's definitely going to give us the opportunity to, uh, to push the boundaries and more or less be contemporary. I mean, we've got to face it. If we aren't able to do charts like... JavaScript's out there doing charts, and we still have janky charts that are limited to bar, pi, and that's about it. It sort of diminishes the value of the tool. Whereas if we can say, hey, yeah, if there's anything you want, we can integrate that. We can put it in. It'll be, you know, it puts us on par with everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm hoping, you know, that the the direction that I think I care about care about a lot, and and Matt, I know you do too. It's the design factor, right? The the look, the feel. There's so much into these libraries and into JavaScript already to make things more web-like. I mean, that's the whole purpose, right? Is JavaScript is, you know, it, that's what's out there. And so being able to take that into FileMaker and making our solutions feel fresh and feel up to date uh, just from a, from the user's experience, I think that's going to be really meaningful. A, a lot of people still have the old school FileMaker stuck in their mind, right? Um, you know, some, some in-house developer may have built something that was them just learning FileMaker, right? They would, they were, they didn't have all the, maybe all the, the knowledge or tools out there yet. Um, and so being able to, to bring it up to, up to snuff and, and to a new refresher look, I think will be really exciting too. Exactly. Which actually, since you brought that up is a wonderful transition to the next thing that we saw, which was, um, uh, let's call it FileMaker Super Next, since FileMaker likes to tend to call all of their <laughs> next versions of FileMaker FileMaker Next. And I'll uh, preface this one by saying uh, they showed a thing called Claris Labs in this second session, this technical session, talking about FileMaker, but it was FileMaker, the actual builder, the UI in the web. Um, more or less, and it's how they were in, uh, introducing the notion of responsive layouts, I believe, is what they yeah. were showing. Which JavaScript is something that already can do responsive layouts because JavaScript exists in the web. Now, what technology they're using or what they're going to use, I don't know. And I think this is also one of the items that sort of gave people a little bit of, a little bit of this uneasy feel, or that I should say, I didn't ask as many people specifically about this one, but I'm guessing it's one that might. Um, for me personally, if um, let's define the two. Um, let's call FileMaker the fat client, and let's call the web a thin client. And if uh, for some reason Claris has this idea that we can create a, an equivalently capable application environment in the thin client, in the web, where you can design and create a FileMaker solution with all of the, um, let's call them, uh, methods or metaphors or things that you're used to in terms of FileMaker's terminology to create, 
wouldn't it be better if we do this because we have complete access to all of these other technologies which allow for uh, responsive layouts and the design that you just mentioned? So my question is, do you even think that they could pull that off or would that be like a divided focus of, hey, we're making most of our money from this fat client, uh, FileMaker, where it's you put it on the desktop, it's a full environment, you develop there. But then we also want to develop this thin client where people can develop something in the web without having to install something on their local machine, per se. Yeah, I think I think the thin client, the idea that it's so accessible is what's going – I mean, that's going to attract a whole new crowd of people that, that balk at the idea of having to install something on all the machines or having to – uh, to have different versions for different, you know, WebDirect versus FileMaker Pro Advanced. Uh, I think that, I think it's, I'm, I'm intrigued. I think that's probably the short answer. It's it, when something looks like that, where it's responsive and, you know, they they, <clears throat> they showed adding parts of, uh, parts of a layout, right? Adding a field and dragging and dropping things. There's part of me that's like, cool, this looks like it's user-friendly from a developer's perspective and it'll be fast and easy. Uh, but then I lose a little bit of control, right? And there's that control freak uh, part of the developer that uh, I, I kind of want my own freedom. Um, but, you know, constraints can be good. And and hopefully uh, hopefully they can pull this off. I think that this this could definitely be a game changer for, for growing the platform more than anything. That's a... That's a- that's a good perspective. In fact, when you mentioned constraints can be good, I think about software environments that have excelled because they haven't made it bloatware. But then the other side of me, like you say, is where you like control. Internally, I'm like, okay, if you mess around with me and take away my FileMaker environment and I don't have feature parity where I, everything that I'm used to now that I have in this fat client, it, it would take them probably the same amount of time, decades, in order to get the same point, I'm thinking, in, in order to achieve feature parity. So mentally, I'm like, what am I going to have to give up in order to have you know, whatever you're going to put in the web in this thin client? And so I think that, too, is co- probably contributing to people's um, the taste that they had, that they were walking away with, okay, you're saying that you know you're going to extend the company and you're going to go do all these other uh, technologies to grow there. Okay, great. I can deal with that. You're ambitious. You want to be a bigger company. But then they're like, uh, what are you going to do to my environment? Are you going to take it away? <laughs> and I think there were people that literally had that question. It's like, okay, are you saying that FileMaker, everything that I know and love is going away for whatever is new? And how are you going to get to that point so quickly? And so it's really over the coming years, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens as a result of this. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm with you. I I think that it's, uh, I I can definitely understand, you know, why people are worried about it. And, and again, I think that, you know, uh, across the whole conference, there was so much focus on the new stuff that we didn't get to see a lot of, you know, FileMaker from, from you know from Clara speaking. We didn't get a lot a lot of in depth uh, FileMaker time. So it, it does bring a lot into into question. Um, but you know, like I said, with with bringing new people in, especially now that they're working so much on Claris Connect and bringing in other technology. I mean, hopefully, equally that other technologies see FileMaker as part of as part of their own ecosystem, and, and that grows the 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 population of FileMaker users more and more. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm both 
I have to say I'm honestly both on the trepidatious side, but also on the excited side because um, they did a really good job, as far as I could tell, of presenting themselves as a new company. So let's talk briefly about this. Your impression of the migration or the transition from the uh, former leadership, from Dominique Goupil and uh, now Brad uh, Freitag and the people that he's chosen to work with him. What was your impression there? I think I think that it, I think the transition was 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 smooth, and I think that it was also they waited until this conference to really kind of do an explosion for us, right? There was there was this 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 moment where they decided that they were going to go all in and change things, and I think that they did a good job of presenting it. And I think that I think that his vision, you know, Brad's vision is big and exciting, and and he's definitely trying to get all of us to buy in and to understand where he wants to go with this. Um, and I, I felt, I felt included. Um, I know that not everyone felt that way. Uh, but I mean, you know, there are people who like risk and people who don't, I'm the one who would most likely just jump out of the plane and forget the parachute. Right. So, you know, I'm all for <laughs> taking the next step and seeing what happens. Uh, um, so I think there's, there's some good, I, I think the transition was big and probably not everyone's excitement level as mine, <laughs> but I think, I think there's a lot of cool stuff coming here, and I th- and I think that they're gonna hold up to their word about it. I think that's maybe that. I think okay. that's the reason I'm not so uh, worried about it. It feels like they're you know they understand what they're what they're trying to sell to us, and that I think they're gonna they're really committed to that. Oh, that's cool. Um, in fact, I I have to say I'm not gonna ask you how old you are because I know I'm not supposed to, but I'll say <laughs> that I'm heading into my fifties. So I'm getting to be one of the uh, one of the older FileMaker developers where I sort of have this choice. Uh, I'm either the curmudgeon and I'm like, uh, no, don't change anything because I want it to say the same or I'm excited. And I'll let everybody know, I actually liked the transition. Uh, the, the way that they've, I think Brad and then the team that he's brought in, it made the company feel more youthful. Um, Dominique, uh, I've been involved with FileMaker since even before Dominique was uh, president of uh, FileMaker. And at that time, it was Clara. So I, um, I forget who the his uh, predecessor was, but long time. And I have to say that the energy transition, because of the youthfulness that he brought in, I think he got on stage and he just had a, a regular collar shirt on and some jeans. And the company, it, it just feels like it's going in a more positive, youthful direction, which is where most of technology advances. When you see a lot of things come in and replace older technologies where um, Node comes in and it just sweeps the technology landscape by storm, you know, not necessarily taking over things like Python, but definitely killing out, you know, installments of maybe PHP and some other technologies where that's what I got a feeling of. And I was just trying to contrast that with uh, the feeling of what are you doing to my environment? <laughs> are, you, are you going to continue to support it? Are you going to jump off the ship into the big blue sea and hope that things work out. And I'm guessing that they won't just hope that things work out. <laughs> but that initial day, we had a lot of unknowns. Um, yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. I, I yeah. Um, I've, you know, I, my first DevCon was in 2006. Um, and I joke now that, you know, back then I was the young, fresh one and now I'm just the forgotten middle. I'm just, you know, I'm not <laughs> <Never>. wise. <laughs> And I'm not young. <laughs> and so 
Um, so I think I, I, for me personally, I'm in a good place in that I've, I've, I've gotten a lot of great and exciting experience from past DevCons and from what FileMaker was, um, and and it's changing, right? I mean, it, it, that's that's what's so obvious now is that things are changing, and it's cool to see the transition. And it's it feels like they're backing it up, so it feels like a um, it it feels like it's a good next step. I want them to keep up, right? I, I want I want FileMaker to last as long as it can and as long as it should, and I think that this expansion is is definitely the right way to do it. Well, they've definitely upped their uh, their game in terms of uh, since the name change, they've been consistent with their marketing. I've gotten a number of messages where they're telling, hey, FileMaker Cloud is coming. Uh, they've, of course, got their specials, the buy one, get one that are coming out. But they're, they're, letting, they're keeping their um, customers informed, which is really pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Not that they didn't before, but... Uh, you know, they're, they've got a, if you're going to start a train with a lot of momentum, you want to keep it going rather than letting it slow down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm excited to see once, once Claris Connect becomes something for the, for the masses and, and, and we all get our hands on it. I'll be interested, interested to see the marketing approach there and, and how they are going to deal with training or with just teaching the community about what, what's possible, what's out there. Um, this, this feels like the, you know, with JavaScript being more, popular in FileMaker now, it's still very much on us as consultants uh, to help spread the word and give, you know, tips and tricks and how to do things and, and to do a lot of that. And I'm interested to see how, if, if Claris will internalize some of that to really get a lot of knowledge out there and, and get people off to the races much faster than, than waiting for, for consulting companies to, to provide just the training. Yeah, I'm training is absolutely going to be one of the things that they'll need to focus on in particular because they've uh, got a large number of people that are very familiar with the platform, but that platform, if it extends into the world of APIs and JavaScript, you've got uh, knowledge that needs to be acquired in order for people to be comfortable using those technologies for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that the, the, the greater group of consultant companies out there that do FileMaker work have, you know, there's a lot of good training experience there. So, you know, hopefully they'll take advantage of that and, and, um, and get some, some, you know, help for the internal Claris training there too. Yeah, they definitely, at the conference, they definitely came out multiple times. In fact, I think it's the new, um, I don't know if it's the director of product. I could go to the FileMaker website right now, but his, I believe his name is Srini. Uh, made multiple call-outs to, okay, we need you guys. We need you guys to, you know, build stuff and to continue building things, as far as I know. I mean, uh, the statement, that was on the second day where he said, you know, we're not abandon we're not leaving FileMaker, and that's not a quote. He didn't say abandon or leave or anything. Those are my words, not his. But he said that, you know, we're 100% focused on FileMaker, probably because they, they might have gotten the sense from that first day, people being like, uh, what? Yeah. Uh, are you guys Salesforce or are you <laughs> are you FileMaker? <laughs> and so that leads me to the next uh, question, which was there was one thing in particular, and uh, if Srini is ever listening to this, not to to uh, pull you out of the crowd there and say, hey, look, he was heavily pushing um, off premise. Uh, Basically, use the cloud, use the cloud, use the cloud, use the cloud. And one of the things that I got out of these uh, people that I talked with at DevCon, these 20 or so people, was a good number of them said, um, hey, do you understand 
that FileMaker is more or less used by people who don't want things in the cloud. And so I'd like to get your impressions of that particular aspect and where you think that if they push hard for the cloud or is there going to be enough pushback that they might uh, reconsider or do you think that was maybe uh, because he's so brand new, he didn't necessarily understand that FileMaker is used in that fashion. People don't want their data in the cloud. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, Hmm. I feel like cloud is still a buzzword, right? In the sense that that's what everybody talks about. That's what everyone gets excited about. You know, we think of things simply just like Dropbox or or whatever it might be that, that gets things off from being local. Um, And I think that for a lot of people, it's attractive, right? If my laptop crashes, what should happen? Well, it's in the cloud. It's fine. And so I think that there's, it, it, there's an introduction to there, there's a certain level of uh, – there's a group of, of new people that w- want that. And I think that making sure that FileMaker is capable for that is super important because I think that it's valuable. It's one of the reasons that you know that we, cre- that we created Salient.cloud because we see a need for it. Um, at the same time, I, I hope that they don't abandon on-premise stuff because we, we have plenty of clients who, whether it's for speed re- reasons or for security issues, they really do need to keep things local. And I think that that – that's really important. Um, and it kind of ties back to your question about a thin client, you know, versus the, the fat client and, and how that's going to transition if they do keep on premise, um, whether the access would be the same or similar, or is it going to change or, you know, there, there are a lot of questions to be asked there too. Yeah, that actually, I mean, when you think about it, in order to use their technology, if their technology is only hosted by them for the builder, I'm that's sort of that might leave people with a sour taste thinking oh, okay I'll move to some other technology yeah 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 huh. we uh, I, I definitely think that we have a good mix of both and so it'll be yeah I, I you know I I want to make sure that 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 these changes don't exclude anybody right I'm all for including more people um, but not excluding anybody and so hopefully they're, they're keeping that in mind yeah I mean really the only thing we have right now is that Time will tell. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, based on you know what they release next, and then uh, what they uh, introduce in terms of the um, this Claris Labs that they're calling it. My right. guess is, and I have no insight. Um, I will give the disclaimer that I am on um, on their testing teams, and so I do get access to future versions. But there's nothing that we're talking about on the podcast here that isn't already out. Uh, as a result of their video, and there's no knowledge that I have from their internal decisions with regards to whether they're going to develop these things, this Claris Labs uh, future future FileMaker versus the current FileMaker, whether they're going to do them in parallel or if there is a plan to migrate the fat client and push people into the thin client. These are all things that we have no idea about, uh, and obviously something that they didn't uh, elaborate on. They just simply showed that they've got these two different things now. And you can assess, okay, you've got a fat concern, no, a fat concern, a fat client <laughs> concern, <laughs> that you've got to keep that going in order to keep your current dollars coming in. But you've got this bigger market where you want to develop a thin client. And so uh, at the conference, I was left with the the notion of, okay, if you only have a fixed amount of dollars for R&D, where is it going to go? And are you going to split it or are you going to, you know, sort of try to get new revenue streams in order to fund the new development? And those are all things that who knows what they're going to choose to do. But 
hopefully our uh, current environment and our love for FileMaker is something that we can continue for uh, more years to come. Yeah, you know, one of the when when change happens, especially from version to version in FileMaker, there there tends to be one thing each version that kind of catches me, right? And one of the ones that always felt like a game changer for me was the card window, right? Because that's not what I actually wanted. What I wanted was better dialogue windows, and what I got was a card window. And it's like, is this what I asked for? Because I don't think it was. Um, but it ended up being bigger and better and greater than than what I was even asking for, and, and much more flexible. And I think that they're. That, I think that's what's happening here again, is that they are driving us into a, a new direction. And uh, you know, I'm sure that they're listening to requests and thoughts and th- what the community wants. Um, and, and hopefully, they've got a bigger vision and more access to you know where they want to go. And they're going to give us what we want, maybe just not the way that we want it. And so I hope that they spend time transitioning, you know, teaching people and showing people how the transition is a good one. And so if we do move from a fat client to a thin client, you know, our, a lot of us are going to have a gut reaction of don't don't take this away from me. Uh, and what I want to hear back is, I'm not taking it away. Look at how, you know, you did A and look how, you know, V2 of that works just as well and, and maybe even better. So so I, I, I want some time to that because I think it's important to to really respect the community. I think it's a, a really inclusive and, and big community. Um, that's really passionate. And so I think we'll follow along as, as long as they, they just, you know, they hold our hand a little bit there. I think that's exactly why I'm, uh, why I'm podcasting with you today. You were the one of the people that I talked to, you were the one that said, wait, what are you seeing? Cause I, <laughs> when I came to you, I'm like, look, these guys are basically going to uh, destroy <laughs> the company. And you're like, wait, 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 hold on, Matt. Um, let's look at this from the positive side. And so you were definitely the yin to my yang or whichever way it goes. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, we, you, you need to be on the podcast and we need to talk about this. So that's a really good uh, takeaway in terms of you know, let's give, let's afford them the opportunity to prove themselves that they're not just going to tear things down from, you know, from the bottom up. They're going to, maybe they'll do a slow migration or maybe they'll do a full transition plan where they will do them in parallel. And you then have the fat client and here, by the way, it will just seamlessly flow over to the thin client, which by the way, is probably now that I think about it, something that they could potentially do, mostly because of what they're doing with regards to the XML stuff, which is also no secret. We know that they've been constantly evolving the XML uh, data format such that they have a full image of the structure of your solution, which means that they'll be able to do patching and they'll be able to solve what's known as the um, dev staging production cycle where they currently have limitations in that regard, but they're also able to extend a particular solution. If they have a common format, which XML does support, they would be able to theoretically migrate from whatever you develop in a fat client and then just read that XML and then populate it within a thin client. Ooh. Interesting, yeah. Maybe I just came up with what their internal strategy is, and I revealed, (laughs) and I didn't even know. (laughs) (laughs) Today is the day. We'll make sure to to timestamp that one. Um, Yeah, no, that's a good point. You know, and it's it's not – it's been done before. Lots of other – you know, I can think of other software I use that does something similar. Uh, So I I would like that quite a bit for sure. That's – oh, man. I just – I mean, the XML, if it's a true representation or a description of their technology – then they would be able to, you know, that's XML. That's pretty, uh, that's not 
proprietary. That's independent. And yeah. they'd be able to read yeah. that in. Wow. You just made the comment about uh, some of the shortcomings, right? The, the the dev versus, you know, live file and things like that. And I was just laughing to myself um, that when, when change comes, we so much get attached to all the things we love about something, but forget all the shortcomings very quickly. And yep. so it'll, you know, we're, it'll be interesting to see if they, if they are going to solve some of the things that, you know, day to day we might grumble about um, just because of, you know, there are limits and, you know, when they tackle those, you know, we we might change other things, but maybe that's okay. Interesting. Very, oh, wow. So many things coming up, but we don't know about them yet. And, of course, the fear of the unknown is what uh, always keeps us a little bit scared, keeps us on our toes, but that's good. Just like an animal, we've got the fight or flight. And so yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're either exactly. going to fight to keep our file maker or we're going to run to something else. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I told you I'm in my last middle here, so I'd really like to stick with it as long as I can. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fortunately, the good thing about FileMaker for all of you uh, developers out there is I do not think it's going to go away. We're definitely in whatever the transition period is as uh, Claris now tries to figure out what they're going to do uh, with FileMaker as they're considering it just part of their company as a larger company now. But uh, people don't abandon infrastructure too often. I mean, it's very hard to get out of a system that runs your company. And if FileMaker is running people's company, they'll keep paying for FileMaker. And if FileMaker takes that money and uses it wisely, then I'm sure we'll still have FileMaker until, at least until I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I totally agree. And I think, I think you know, we, we, they love to present it at, at you know, past DevCons, just how deep FileMaker is in so many larger corporations and companies. And I think that that's really what's going to hold us to, to keeping FileMaker along, uh, you know, around for a long time is that it's not freeware. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't just this open source thing that can get abandoned very easily. Um, there's a lot of dependency on it. There are a lot of really good things about it. And there's a really committed crowd to it. So hopefully they'll they'll respect what that means and and just make it bigger and better for all of us. And with that, I think that's going to be a good wrap-up for us. Um, I just want to let everybody know, I hope that you've enjoyed the podcast, this information. Um, I want to say thank you to Martha. I appreciate you coming on and giving your insight. Absolutely. Um, Thanks for having me. I am just looking forward to the FileMaker future. So That makes two of us. That makes a lot of us, I'm sure. Well, for those of you out there, just... Uh, Keep on looking forward to the future. I'm sure FileMaker's got more for us to come. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next podcast. Thank you, Martha. Thanks.